and welcome to the Scottish Roadscast, a podcast all about Scotland's roads, bridges and motorways. I'm Stuart Mayer. And I'm John Hassel. John, it's wonderful to see you for episode two in 2023. Yes, episode two in 2023. We've been doing this podcast for what? Five years now. Five years. Five years. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Six years, John. Six years. I can't count or, uh, you know, my memory's going. (laughs) God, six years of podcasts. That is a a long time. But just the second year of the Scottish Roadscast, of course. Absolutely. Anyway, this month is being led very much by you. That's right. What do you have for us? Okay, so Stuart, we hear a lot of things relating to roads. Yes, don't we? we do. Okay, uh, some true, some humorous, some annoying, but they're all interesting things we talk about. Yep. Uh, well, today uh, we're going to take a deep dive into some of the well-known and, in some cases, less well-known myths and urban legends about roads oh. and motorways in Scotland. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> this should be fun. Oh, right? and some of them are so annoying. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it is. It's it's road myths and urban legends. So we can debunk a few of them. Yeah. Some some we can't, but at least they provide quite good discussion points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and and we'll go into some oddities as well. So I think think that'd be I think that good. sounds interesting. So yes. I've got quite a list here and I just want to thank some of the people who have got in touch in social media because I did do a shout out um, you know, yesterday about yeah. this. Um so, you know, we've got some suggestions in, but I have come up with quite a few. And mm-hmm. of course there's probably loads more out there. So as you're listening to this and you think, Oh, we've not covered that, get in touch, let us know because yeah. it might be a fun topic to come back and explore. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, just just before I go into the first myth, we did used to cover this on the, a previous generation of the website. We did have a, a website on it, if I recall correctly, back on Glasgow's Motorways. The old myths page, yes, we yeah. did. So we I'll did. revisit some of them some of them here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But what is a road myth or urban legend? Uh, I, I guess in, in the context of what we're doing... Um, this this really is something that is not entirely true or outright false. You can sometimes get a mixture of truth yeah. uh, with some kind of false thing or a hypothesis that people have formed for something odd on the road yeah. or, or anomalous. So. Usually with no basis in fact. Absolutely. Somebody <laughs> said something, a friend of a friend, and said to somebody who said to a taxi driver who yeah. then who then whatever. So, But they, they are good fun, uh, these kind of things. Yes. Well, at least I think so, anyway. Aye. So, um, the first one I'd like to start off with, Stuart, is the Charing Cross Bridge to Nowhere. Oh, my old favourite. Your old favourite. Now, there are two bridges to nowhere that they spoke about in Glasgow, and one Mm. of them was the Anderson Footbridge, which was completed. Yes. But we're talking about the one slightly to the north of that, at Charing Cross, where the Cut and Cover Tunnel is. Uh Um, There was a bridge there uh, with nothing on it. So, the the myth goes something like this. Uh, There was an extra motorway, or slip road, that was going to go over Charing Cross and down Socky Hall Street or towards the West End. Um, and they built the bridge for it as part of the works for the Inner Ring Road. Yes. Uh, but then this extra motorway was cancelled <laughs> and they decided to hide the error by building Tay House on top of it, which is the red building that's oh there. Goodness. And the source of which are pretty much most Glaswegians. I couldn't really tie it down to anyone. Yeah, ridiculous. All right. Absolutely. Now, it's not ridiculous, I suppose, assuming that there was a motorway that was cancelled in Glasgow. Because there's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. Mm -hmm. However, this one is just completely ridiculous. Because it was never a bridge. It was a podium. It's a podium. Yeah. Yes. A podium because they plan to always put a building on top of that. Yes. Now, the the way it's been told, we, we've done this one to death, so maybe it's best I just paraphrase it, but they originally thought, we'd put this here and we'll leave it up to private developers yes. to come in. We'll build the motorway and they'll be flooding in to, to build their restaurants and mm-hmm. offices and stuff like that. That never happens. Yeah. Uh, and of course it was left for we, years and years and years. And we now have four sources 
who all confirmed that that was the case. So we had yeah. John Cullen, who yeah. was involved at Scott Wilson and involved in thinking about through Holford's what that would look like. Mm-hmm. We've also had Andy Davis, who was at Glasgow Corporation, part of that. And we've also spoken to two people who worked at Fairhurst who designed that section of the inner ring road. Mm-hmm. And both of them confirmed that that was indeed the intention as well. And at one point, the bridge and the development that was on the top of that was going to be an extension of the Elmbank Gardens site. Yeah. Where the Charing Cross Tower Hotel and all that is. Uh, that was a Seifert and Partners uh, thing, just like the Anderson development. Uh, but interesting, it waned very much in the early 70s and it just simply didn't go ahead. So Tay House, that came along, was it 1990 to 1992 ish? Yes. So that kind of. So the time the Hilton and all these yeah, other things yeah. went up there. And um, it's had various tenants over the years as well, that, that building. It's interesting the last time the photo went up in social media, mm-hmm. uh, a few people rhymed off a number of people who had been in the building. Um, mm-hmm. over the years uh, some of them I didn't know um, interesting the most recent one I think had been Barclays but they've now moved obviously and and we got a visit to Tea House and I loved that just yes, before we Covid um, and got and our pictures we even got up yeah, on the roof and everything pictures from the roof but fantastic mm. and and it's mostly it's that part of the building is very much aimed at startups and things now isn't it it is modular offices and they, stuff they were all kinds of like yeah small kind of companies yeah. and one man outfits that are working out there and, and they were right though it's a great vista of the, the motorway and the city to the south I agree yeah. yeah we managed to get some kind of angles and photos that mm-hmm. we've never done before um, the late John Cullen do, did shed some light on it and I, I'm going to directly quote him yeah. here um, just about this the podium mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as he, he calls mm-hmm. it and what we call it, yeah. uh, which was always intended to support a building and walkway, not a roadway. It was included for two reasons. Uh, first, there's a way of closing in Charing Cross, which had been seriously affected by demolition. Yeah. Uh, by adding a southern barrier, it was intended to reduce the visual impact of the motorway, which could be seen as far as the Kingston Bridge at this location. Yeah. And secondly, it was intended that the building on top of the podium would c- contain a restaurant or some other leisure facility that would give people a panoramic view of the motorway in the city. Yeah. A bit like Fortin Services, yeah. you know, with, yeah. <laughs> with that, that tower. And everything there, the Pennine Tower, yeah. as it's known. So, there you go. Myth busted? Myth, myth, myth debunked? Most definitely busted on that one. I think we have done enough over the last decade to make that one kind of go away. Yeah. But it does still appear and rear its head every now and again. Hmm. Yeah. And the fact there's a building on it, I think, busts it. Right and out, I think but... it's it's also helped by the fact that the footbridge has been finished yeah. now as well. So we don't really have any bridges to know in, do we? We don't, other we, than we, the ski ramps at the south side yeah, of the Kingston Bridge. But I don't count stubs. Yeah. Yeah, as, yeah. as, I, as I would call them. Indeed. So the next one is one that really winds you up, Stuart. Um, and <laughs> I don't, I'm not entirely sure where it's come from, but there is a certain culprit website I think has contributed to this one. But this is the M74 split carriageways at Candamos. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, this, so, this comes up again and again and again, even all these years later. It, yeah. Uh, even though we have a book yes. written by the people who designed the motorway that puts it to bed. Yes. It still comes back. Still comes back, but I do love it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a pretty wacky one, and I always think about it when I go past. So just to put people in the picture, this mm-hmm. this this is one... Um, it's on the M74 between Junction 8 and Junction 9. Yeah. And if you're ever travelling down this section, you notice there's a section where the carriageway splits yep. quite a lot, and there's trees in the middle. Okay? Uh, Drafan. So... The the thing is, I think this one comes from the old road forums. Um, oh, our favourite. Our <laughs> favourite, so Sabre. And it went something along the lines of, like, they wanted to put in a motorway service area yeah. that would have presumably occupied this no. wide space False. in the middle. I wish I had one of those sound effects they use in quiz shows when something's wrong. What, the wrong. klaxon? 
<laughs> those things um or um to accommodate some kind of junction or structure or road layout no. that that would be for be for services no. so the thing is i can see why people have arrived at this because it is a bit of an anomaly that yeah. the carriageway split yes um, because there is no apparent reason or, yeah. or apparent engineering reason for it um when when you're driving past However, the theory that they were going with this is obviously to squeeze some kind of building in between the two carriageways. I mean, as wacky as it is, it's never sat well with me because if you think about services anywhere else on the roads, they're not in between the carriageways. So it took us a while to finally debunk it. Well, well common sense, Stuart, over the years has always been, no, it's not to... Um, it's not to actually put in any kind of building. We did wonder ourselves why the carriageway split. So I've, I've handily got an excerpt here from the opening booklet, which we eventually found, yeah. uh, which I see you've just got up on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've got ahead of you and I've got this. So the opening booklet for that section of road, where uh, when it opened in the late 1960s, it handily states, this is one of the most attractive sections of the whole motorway and an existing cluster of pine trees that have been retained between the carriageways, uh, which for some distant distance run nearly 100 yards apart and at different levels. The road swings majestically past the trees, retaining the natural undulations of the rolling countryside along and between the carriageways. So there you, there you go. Yeah. Um, the carriageways were split for aesthetic reasons. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's, what that's, it. It, that's what it says just there, and they reference that in the book. So that killed that off. Um and I, I suppose, Stuart, we've never heard anything later on that they wanted to do with that particular section. No, and I and I did ask the same question of one of the very senior uh, resident engineers who worked for Baptist Sean Morton overseeing the, the project construction, uh, and he confirmed that that was the case. That was it was ancient case. woodland, and the pine trees were considered to be nice, mm. and uh, they decided just to, to, to keep the, uh, the separation between them there. Yeah, and that's it. And I think the only way this came about was that somebody was sitting looking at maps, and obviously there was a temporary terminus in uh, uh, there was a there was a kind of j junction at Draffen yeah and things like that. and somebody thought well this must have been planned for something else I mean I've, I've seen speculation about the Stonehouse Newtown that was planned and whether it was to allow for a junction in there for that no that's why Canderside is the way that it is was to enable you know the connection via that mm. um, services no the distance between service areas in this country tends to be somewhere around about 25 miles given Hamilton and Bovel were only another 4 or 5 miles up the road mm. just absolutely no way but they were not opened but they were the allowed for they were allowed for they were allowed for they were deliberately allowed for with their slip roads and whatnot constructed mm. yeah it was 1980s before they came along however they were always planned to be in those locations absolutely yes yeah. so um, do you want a small segue here Go on. Okay. We're talking about services. Yes. Did you know there was another services planned, not on the 74, but on the M77? Oh, this, this rings yes. a bell. So it's a separate yeah. note, mm -hmm. but um, when the, they were planning the M77 extension southwards, yeah. um, you know, the, the Fennec to Mautzu yeah. one, um, it, which obviously goes from kind of Junction 5 all the way down to, mm -hmm. to uh, Meeklewood, there was one that was going to be between Junction 5 and Junction 6, Known as Kingswell Services, it never happened. Ah, yes. It it never happened. Now I, I was looking into this. Believe it or not, the land to this day is still for sale, saying for services. 
development. I'm surprised Euro Garages or somebody like that hasn't hasn't, snapped that hasn't up. jumped in. Yeah. Uh, my my thought would be just put something. What is it? Maiden Hill is it called? Maiden uh, Hill, yeah, Maiden five, Hill yeah. Junction Five. Some something squeezed in there, but no, it was a separate services area they wanted to put in between the two junctions. I've never seen any plans for it, yeah. but there is a, a kind of uh, parcels of land available. For, for that type of development. I suppose it would be a nice gap between Moncton and the mm. city. So you've got services at Moncton at the end of yeah. 78, 77. It was to be called um, King's Wells. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So that's that one. Okay. The next myth. Um, this is pretty funny or pretty embarrassing the way you want to look at it. Okay. But the next myth I've got titled is the Scottish Roads Archive and the Missing M7. So. What's a weird myth? Yeah. Would you believe that we could be possible for perpetuating or even creating an urban legend. Oh. Okay. Never. So I've included this one because we done a po- we we done a podcast on this fairly recently um, which which actually caused an amusing incident at work. Oh really? Right. Okay. So a colleague of mine who doesn't know he doesn't know that I I do this podcast. Oh okay. dear. <laughs> right? He didn't know um but he he knows I like these sorts of road matters. He, he came he came and said to me that he heard from a friend that Scotland had a missing motorway called the M7 that was never built and was meant to go to Edinburgh. So I was like, oh, here we go mm-hmm. when I heard this. Yeah. What, what, what's this all about? So um, I think we need to clarify a few things because the, the myth is that there was this road called the M7 and no. it was never built and that's why we don't no, have no, the M7. No, no. And as we clearly state in the podcast itself, <laughs> the project name was Fastlink. And it yeah. was to link the M74 at Abington with the M8 at Whitburn. Yeah, there it's never been clarified one way or the other what the what the number would be. What the, what the number would be, however, there was a lot of discussion about the designation, and at points it was said that it would be a special road, and a special road means a motorway. Yeah, and if you're looking for a number for a motorway that's in that corridor, and you use the Scottish rules to determine what that number would be, it would be. M7. Yeah. Just the way the M73 replaced the A73, the M7 would replace the A7. Although, you could also argue it could be the M702. Yeah. But given it would be a motorway with a high profile, I imagine the M7 number would have been the more appropriate. More appropriate one. Yes. But if it was so, A-Road, I wonder what it would have been. We make it clear in the podcast, however, that that is speculation on our part. Yeah. Maybe so, they just looked at the thumbnail and they didn't actually listen to the podcast. Even that has a question mark. Even that has a question mark, absolutely. So I, I see how this started before we even done the podcast yes. because we, we kind of latched on to people saying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we, we have an M1, we have an M2, we have an M3, M4, and so on. Of course, we have an M8, M9. Um, so it's true that there is no M7, hence saying it's missing isn't false. Yeah. It's just an unassigned number as it stands, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so... Remember when we used to have those ridiculous discussions as well about the M73 and why it was numbered M73 and, and how it related to the roads it was replaced and all that. It's the same, yeah. the same it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's It's along the same lines, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's connected to that. Yes. I mean, you yeah. could even have renumbered the A7 and given the A7 number to the new dual carriageway, if that's what it had been, mm. and renumbered the A7 as something else. Well, kind of like what they've done with the A92 and the yeah. A90. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. There's something to think about. Use the more high-profile number because no, it kind of does the same thing. It just, and, you know, it didn't sit well with me when I when I, when somebody came up and said that to me. Mm-hmm. No one has ever said that to me before. I thought, oh, what have we done? So I suppose I just it, it was good to revisit that just to to clarify. It's a few good things. that we're getting people talking. I know. 
I know, I know. No, I, I don't. I don't go around telling loads of people that I, I do the, the podcast. In fairness, unless they ask. Yeah. So no, it was just, it's just funny. Discovered it by accident. Discovered it by accident. I don't think he listened to it. He heard from somebody else. But this is how the, these rumors start. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's kind of yeah. goes along. Um. So there we go. I think that kind of definitively covers <laughs> that one. So well, we shall keep an eye on that one. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, this can I make one final note about it? It is something true here. Is that and this is certain, but never in any official documentation is M7 ever mentioned. Mm-hmm. No, that's okay. Ever. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. um, it's just speculation, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, next one. Scotland's secret motorway, the A92M. You heard about this one? This one doesn't exist either. Yeah, okay. All right. So I'll tell you the story because <laughs> you, you might change your mind about this because there's a few people who are funny about it. Um, so according to the website Pathetic Motorways, which we, we have spoken about before, it's still like, it's a great site. Um, and, it, and it kind of focuses more on the unusual roads across the UK and, and of course, some roads in Scotland. Yeah. Um, we apparently have a secret motorway in Scotland. Okay. So this is the A92 Mm-hmm. Or A92M, as the article suggests. Oh and this is at the M90 Junction 2A Halbeath, okay? Uh, where this is a short spur that opened in 1997 uh, for the A92 traffic heading to and from the M90 to basically bypass Halbeath and Crossgates roundabouts. So you know where I'm talking about. Yes, you've been, you've got Google Maps. I'm up, bringing right? it up on the map as we speak. Yep. <laughs> no, that's fine. So the article on Pathetic Motorways claims that because it has a blue for motorway route confirmation start from the M90, saying A92, this must be the A92M. And I sort of see where the yeah. article is it, is coming from. No, because when you're heading in the southbound or right. westbound direction, he addresses this as well, <laughs> and and you pass the roundabout where non-motorway traffic leaves. Yeah. It is immediately signed as M90. Yeah. And legally, as part of special roads and, and motorways in Scotland, you can have long lengths of slip road that are assigned to the motorway they connect to. Yeah. So these are two slip roads of the M90. Yeah, okay. So you're looking at, uh, I can see you've got Google Street View up. You're yep. looking at the southbound direction. Mm-hmm. But specifically the bit that, that where, where this theory comes from is the other way. So as if you're coming from the A90 but, going on no, to the A92. That, that is no different to you taking a motorway off slip that then chucks you down on some at-grade roundabout or whatever. Now, the, you think of Junction 9 and the M74, yeah. when, when it runs for like three-quarters of a mile, That's you're on right, a slip yeah. road, you then get dumped on the, the B7078 or whatever it is. Yeah. That's not the B7078M. Yeah. That's still the M74. Yes, because they don't put a sign there yeah. with a route confirmation. It's the route confirmation yeah. sign that causes this entire thing. Now, the route, you're looking at those route confirmation signs there, but if you go to the other side... Um, which is which is up at junction 2A of the M90, yeah. there is a sign that has A92. And then it has Cowdenbeath, so many miles, um, Glenrothes, so many miles. So, um, I mean, it's a fairly unremarkable two-kilometre section of road, which has blue signs and no hard shoulders. It is motorway. No one is disputing the fact that it is motorway, rather what the road is. Is it M90? Is it A92? Or is it A92M? So, so where is this sign? You have to go back as if you're coming off the M90, just just back at the sec. So you you go you go all the way back. I think you've ended up warping onto another street now. So yeah, that's it. So that sign on the left is, right. is what causes so it. So that is an error on the part of the design. Yes, the design yes. of the sign. That sign should that E92 <laughs> should be in brackets. Yes, that should see. 
Actually, you could say it would be M90, then brackets A92. So that, That's an error on the part of the sign design. It, it is. You're absolutely right. It doesn't change the legality um, or the, the number of the route. So that's your take. Here's, here's what I'm going to say uh, about it. Okay. Yeah, well, um, but if you look here, though, Mm-hmm. The, the sign look, on on the offside it has it in brackets. It has it in brackets. So you got one sign saying in brackets as it should be, yeah. and the sign on the left just now, saying A ninety two, which is erroneous. You know as well as me that the design of signage in the UK is inconsistent, is inconsistent and is very much open to the interpretation of the particular designer. Yeah. So that's that's been one of these wee errors that's just slipped through the net. Be interesting to see if that's an original sign, if that's been there since day one, or if that's been added later. Okay. Well. Um, I'll say this next section, and, and I'm not here to to, to tear tear apart the the website Pathetic Motorways. Um, I've met I've met the owner of the website, Stephen. He's a he's a great guy, and it, and the way he puts the articles, yeah, they're very entertaining, and and they're they're actually great kind of little thought experiments in in many ways. But um, since we've now recently received the opening booklet for the scheme. Yes, because we, we got this through and reviewed also the orders for the road. Yes. Nowhere is the A92M no. ever mentioned. Now that's different compared to the A8M Swinton motorway, which is a, its own thing because from a legal point of view it's a yes. separate route. It doesn't connect to the M8 in any way. Yeah. Uh, it, so Bealston roundabout yeah. and and that dual carriageway are 88M so, because they are their own thing. This is a secret motorway, although it wasn't secret to begin with because it had a sign they took it away. Yeah. It is a secret motorway, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is actually for real if, a secret if you, motorway. If you are you fined know? on that road, then the police would, would state that you were fined on the 88M. Um, and likewise, if, if they're promoting a temporary mm. traffic order um, yeah. or something like that, th- that will also say 88M. Um, but there's no secret made about that. Okay, the public aren't aware that it's a new motorway. Yeah, it's, it makes sense just to, tr- to make I it look like I think the definition of secret motorway is that it's not it's not given that number on the ground yeah. somewhere and it's the, hidden away. The, 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 the A92 one has just never... It's not one I've ever registered before because it's clearly a continuation of the M90 slip roads. Yeah. And the, the, the ADS, or the route confirmation sign, at the far end coming from the east clearly states the start of the M90. You know, so it's, a, it's just the M90 on slip. It's that's. The, the, the fact that two brackets are missing from that sign has created is, is a whole what, issue. Is what causes it. I, I think the problem is... For all intents and purposes, it's all M90. I yeah. agree. And the thing is, I worked on this section of road uh, yeah. with a, with all these things and, and never was it referred to as A92M, no. as fun as that would have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we used to call it the Crossgate Spur, uh, to be honest with you, but even an official recommended on on, on the database, the trunk road database, it's not referred What's to. What's it so. called in the opening booklet? Is it just the Halbeef Spar? Or I the think Halbeef it's a, it's Halbeef Interchange. Halbeef Interchange. So it's called M90 Oblique A92 Halbeef Interchange. It's just two, three, four and, and it's yeah. fine to say A92 because it was a section of also separate to this A92 that was was uh, constructed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you know what? It all comes down to a signing error. To be honest with yeah. you. Um, and by the way, like I said, it's 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 not it's not a dig at, at Stephen and and the the website not um, at all. pathetic pathetic motorways because it's it's a very funny article that he's managed to write about it as well, uh, and it's just interesting. It's a little quirk. So when you're driving through there, you can think, oh, okay, all right, I can see how this might have been the case, but no, it's uh, it's just M ninety. Sorry. Yeah, just M90, exactly. Yeah. But we do have that, like we mentioned about AAM, we do actually have a legit secret motorway in Scotland, um, and we can we can talk about that a wee bit more uh, at another point. So, there we go. So, Stuart, the next one I wanted to talk about was one we used to cover on the website. Um, somebody has written in about it as well, 
and it's quite a quite a famous one in Glasgow. And this is the supposed alleged bodies under that are buried under the oh, Kingston Bridge. No, this one again. And somebody on social media, it's famous, yeah, a new famous. follower recently was going on about all the bodies in it, but there, there are no bodies in the supports <laughs> well, of the Kingston Bridge. Here's how it goes. So. Um, it, it's real Glasgow folklore stuff. So yeah. the myth seemed to surface apparently in the 1990s. It wasn't in the 60s. Has, ha, have, has no one seen the density of reinforcement that's required in these supports to hold up the bridge? Yeah. There would be, you could barely get an arm in there, never mind a body. Yeah. Um, it's just, well, you're it's, using the engineering to debunk it, and that, that is quite good. But I suppose people think, oh, they've seen gangland movies or they've seen things where people somebody's are getting chucked in a hole or whatever. And then the yeah. concrete's put on top. But you're right. You know, the kind of uh, the bearing capacity of required of this concrete, um, if you were to put a body into it, the void would cause problems. You yeah. know, it, would, yeah. it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, but it, it came around in the 1990s uh, when the Kingston Bridge was undergoing, obviously, the major maintenance and major repair and major repairs. A lot of the big papers ran stories about how during the bridge's construction in the 60s gangsters bodies were were buried in the concrete support fears uh on the foundation of the bridge which seemed to kind of they, they'd been kind of drawing dots between people who went missing in the 60s and yeah. they could never find what happened to them and then the kingston bridge was built and somebody heard it from a taxi driver and and, and it went on like that now, i've done a bit of digging around um and most of the stories like i said seem to come from the daily record but none of them are substantiated and and certainly no human remains were found in the 90s when the bridge when, when they were doing works under the bridge no i mean is it impossible no absolutely not particularly if it but was nothing's been found but nothing's ever been nothing's found, been found. And this uh, is a speculation yeah it, that would also imply that the contractor and the, you know any suppliers were in on it yeah and, and that's not really something that the glasgow motorway system was known for because it had very reputable consultants and contractors involved in in its construction yeah uh so i would be very very this was not just some wee road in the middle of nowhere where you could just very easily dump a body in and nobody would have told anybody yeah you know this was a huge scheme with thousands of people so, working on it um i think it would be the, somebody couldn't just turn up one night chuck a body in and bury it over with concrete because when the, you know supervisors and whatnot come out the next day hang on who poured that concrete yes. without me watching it get it broken out we're redoing it yeah. you know uh yeah rubbish no. absolute rubbish it's a good story, albeit morbid, um, but Rubbish. the fact is no one ever has, has found it. Leaves it leaves it a myth. Now, here's this. This is where someone's got in touch on it, and is related to bodies in and around the Kingston Bridge. But yeah. um, is is the relocation of cemeteries um, yeah. along the line of the West Flank, or, or specifically the the north of the Clyde, as as part of the approach but for the Kingston, Kingston Bridge? North approaches. Yeah. That's that's right around the Anderson area. So Alistair on Facebook got in touch, and yeah. Alistair says, um, so it's Al Alistair Redpath says, not necessarily an urban legend, but the demolition of Anderson Old, so that's uh, Heddle Place, yeah. St Mark's, which is cheap side street for yeah. Catholic interments, yeah. and North Street cemeteries to make way for the M8. He says something about involved with the sheriff's order and a few dodgy reinterments. So it is true, by the way, that cemeteries um, and, and bodies that were buried yeah. there were moved um, as part of the comprehensive redevelopment. Yeah, yeah. and we've had, we've had inquiries about this from from the BBC and yeah. others over the years about you know asking about it, and because they think it's an interesting thing to talk about. Actually, the the, the relocation of bodies from some places and the reinterment of them is actually not that unusual. In the mm -hmm. sense that sometimes when things are built and bodies are discovered or whatever, then you know they're moved and reinterred. Well, look, look, Edinburgh Trams, and I think yeah. it's especially Crossrail. Yeah, they had to deal with a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. You know? In the case of the, the the west flank of the Ring Road, which was part of this comprehensive development area for the Anderson area, yeah, a, an active decision was made to 
relocate people who had been buried. And my understanding is that mostly unmarked graves. Mm. Um, and, and these were people who had perhaps died of certain illnesses and things like that. Um, you know, uh, not particularly famous people, anything like that. And the decision mm. was made rather than to just cap, cap these people below the line of the road or any of the other developments at the Anderson Centre as well, that it would be nicer and more to, to give them to, to you know to a proper burial to, to yeah. move these people to a to a proper cemetery in the south side and i believe it was was it the lynn cemetery in the south side that they were, they were moved like to i think yep. i think that's what john cullen told us so yeah that that's perhaps fed into some of some of this as well mm. mm-hmm. uh, well in, in a way just that kind of component There's, of the story is is true yeah um, glasgow uni have an article online about other cemeteries across glasgow that were moved for various things or have been you know built mm-hmm. over since it's actually more common than you than you might than think, you think yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly we're probably if we think about it we're probably always building somewhere on top of where somebody could have been buried absolutely died, yeah you know You're right yeah. uh with these with these things so the next one's really fun okay oh. and hopefully i notice you've been getting more and more riled up as we've been going through <laughs> I, these I, I i hate this kind of thing you when, really don't like misinformation when, yeah, I mean, it's I amazing you survive I, on the internet i detest it i it really annoys me i i particularly when you present someone <laughs> with factual information source material that debunks some of these things and still they persist and arguing that theirs well, is the case. Some people just like to do it for a bit of fun, like like pathetic motorways, for example. I think they were just they were just poising it as a maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? But, like the so. same the same person on Facebook that kept insisting that the Kingston Bridge was sinking every time a post went up about it. He got banned, incidentally, but yeah, it's just rubbish. <laughs> you know, the yeah. problem with stuff like this is it, goes, it can cause panic. Yeah. You know, and I've seen it. Facebook is the worst for it. it is. You know, where, where yeah. we can see some of these things. A but. certified Facebook expert says. Yeah. you know yeah <laughs> i've said this and somebody oh. copies and shares that and doesn't, doesn't fact check and, it, and then and then, and then we have to make it, a podcast yeah. before you know it it's you know it's taken as fact oh it just it really annoys me okay all right well the next one's uh, a good one so it's the haunted a75 i'm completely unfamiliar with this because right. it's not a road that i really you know, know i've only used okay. it a couple of times okay all right so this isn't a paranormal podcast for anyone listening. There are plenty of them uh, if oh, you want yeah. to listen to them. They, they, but, yeah, there's tons of them. But here's a Scottish road ghost story okay. for you all. So we can talk about this because it's, it's to do with roads. Uh, I really should have oh, saved this one for Halloween, yeah. actually. It's, it's quite good. So the tale goes that the A75, uh, which is a trunk road, by the way, um, between Carothestown and um, Anan, Specifically, a section called the Kinmont Strait is the most haunted road in Scotland. One of the most haunted in the UK. According to who? It's just local legend and, <laughs> and stories that go through. That's the kind of theme here that, we're, that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, it's it, haunted by a, a, an endless ambition to maybe be upgraded to dual carriageway as well. <laughs> Do you like that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh I prepared that one in, in mm-hmm. advance. Yeah. In advance, I know there's always big, big, big kind of um, ambition to get that that road duelled by the locals, isn't there? So, yeah. um, and anyway, you said according to who? So, um, according to a BBC article, believe it or oh, not, I'm surprised that um, <laughs> on it there have been numerous sightings of, and I put in quotes here, screaming hags, eyeless phantoms, 
and a menagerie of unearthly creatures witnessed on this well, famous road. Hang on, have you ever been in Castle Douglas or Strenrath? <laughs> but no, this, this is what it quotes. It says from the article, a menage, I love this, it's a great passage of text. A menagerie of unearthly creatures witnessed on this famous road. It's a pretty unfair thing to say about my colleagues who work on it, but, uh, you know. Yeah, it's a rare thing seeing any maintenance getting done down there, that's for <laughs> it's sure. A, it's actually very well maintained, I'd have you know. <laughs> so... Um, so apparently, on the article, a, a bloke who used to run a, a snack van along this section said weird stuff would happen on a weekly basis. He would hear kind of spooky tales from traumatised HGV drivers who parked up in laybys to spend the night That'd along that That'd be some section. of those screaming hags coming for a wee knock at the door, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I mean, no offence to that. It's a shame this is going to be our last podcast, isn't it? We're going to get banned <laughs> after this. So... Um, and it's a good thing we're not monetized. So um, it was said that one HGV driver was so shocked by his experience that he gave up lorry driving as a result when he was woken up at 3 a.m. in the morning and seen a parade of people or ghosts, as it would be, going along the road. Yeah. Um, so I'd other... ask myself what he'd been taking earlier in the evening. If, if well, exactly. Well, uh, well, he didn't have. He, he gave up the job after that, if that says anything. So other other common sightings are groups of people pulling handcarts, strange animals horsemen and carriages so apparently this has been going on <laughs> still sounds like rural and free to me <laughs> right we, we need to take this seriously and um, people have been traumatized here so um okay okay so i knew about this alleged phenomenon yeah um at this location on the 75 and i actually joked to my colleagues by the way about this because mm -hmm. they've spent the last couple of months doing survey work in exactly this area um and the, and i told them i was like right watch out be careful guys with the traffic but be careful for the ghosts yeah if they hadn't heard of it either now of course um they were working during the day but i've never heard them come back and say anything about it uh to be honest with you um so to me i've never had any evidence of it i mean i, I work for a company that maintains this road we don't, we don't get any strange reports or at least what what i've heard from from people working there um <laughs> I'm not saying the thing is it's it's a funny one this because this isn't something I suppose we've covered is you can't people have a strange experience with something but they don't really have any any, any evidence of it why would they come out and say well, it because you, look you know these stories always come from the middle of the night it's always usually one person on their own they're mm. probably half asleep at the wheel or they go into one of those trances where you're just on their own you're driving and you think back 20 minutes you go i don't even remember passing that bit of road mm. or whatever it's probably that they're hallucinating to an extent they're seeing these things and it's like oh my god they wake up they're probably in some kind of like dreamlike trance driving okay. along the road it's, it's rubbish the thing is also in the article um it has said this guy who ran this snack van yeah. Uh, said it would these reports would come from a wide variety of different people right uh from you know just normal people traveling the road to commercial uh goods drivers and stuff like that yeah, not yeah. kind of people who kind of got together and came up with this story no, right, people yeah. from far and wide uh, yeah. traveling who might not be familiar with the area which gives it gives it some credence because nobody's colluded to come together with but this that's story the same ghost stories everywhere yeah you know what i mean it's like oh, i've seen a ghost oh you've seen a ghost did you see it together no has it does anybody ever see well, a ghost this, together no this is just it so yeah. you you um Oh, well, I've never had a strange experience on that section of road, but you, do you know the section of road I'm on about? I, I don't know the section of road you're talking about, but I've heard haunted stories from other bits of road, like Headless Cross and A71, mm -hmm. uh, Fold House Shots. Yeah. Uh, that's another one that I... I, I listen, I, I've had a person years ago tell me a story of what they believed they saw mm -hmm. on the A71 late at night when driving home from Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. uh, and, that, and that person 
wholeheartedly believe that they saw what they saw in the middle of the road. And I, you know, you're like, well, you know, were they tired? You know, exactly. was, was their mind wandering? Were they drifting? You know, you know. Um, there's. Have you heard of Phantom Hitchhikers? No. So this is yeah. this is a good one, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. um, people see someone they're driving along at night, of yeah. course, and there's somebody hitching a lift. Yeah. And they're often dressed in strange archaic clothing or something like right, that. Okay. They pick the person up. They get into the car. All seems normal, mm-hmm. and then the driver turns around at one moment, and that person is gone. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, this this understandably causes some alarm. Yeah, um yeah. and and then of course uh the, you know the cherry on the cake the story is they discover that you know somebody had died there and uh, died yeah. years and years and years which i ago. think is the story of the headless cross in a71 you I know think there was a murder or something like that and done they, and you don't yeah yeah it's sort of a it's i just i, I haven't had like when i've been driving but i will say something and you alluded to this earlier about kind of hallucinations and yeah, stuff yeah. like that is that um I, I've had quite a lot of experience of working on roads at night, yeah. driving, but mostly walking around. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced, convinced one night when I was uh, on the A823M, of all things, that somebody was walking behind me and I was on my own. Right. And it was a closed, completely closed slip road and I had footsteps behind that me. That was the A823M, not that was, a secret motorway. That one, <laughs> yeah, that one the was A823M, a yeah. And it the, was th- the ghost of roads maintenance past. Yeah. <laughs> It was maintenance going on that night. No, I was I was on my own. But um, the thing is, it, it's you hear lots of strange things in the woods, and um, you know it could be animals. Yeah. It also be kind of uh, reverberations on your footsteps. Yep. Uh, getting some interference in the mic right now. <laughs> have you have you summoned the demon? You know, is this, part is of this, this, a, this conversation. Electronic <laughs> voice phenomenon. Yeah, we're getting some some crackling of some kind. Uh, okay. So let's just pause there and we'll fix that and we'll come back okay so yeah it's it's yeah, did you do that that's quite that's quite scary that was, uh, <laughs> it's just just um come up with some strange interference there when we were speaking about that yeah okay oh okay all right maybe this is a good point to stop talking about ha- on. haunted roads haunted roads so i've got a few others in here okay. to be honest with you yeah um Honestly, I never actually even touched anything. No, neither did I. That's, that's, why I was that's the you. really, really strange thing, to be honest. So I've got some other mentions. Moving away from the haunted roads and the the, the bodies under the bridge and stuff like that. Um, this is a driving myth. Okay. So it's What's a driving a, a driving myth. So it's, it's something more not not so much to do with roads, but um, a behaviour while you're driving. Right. So do you remember growing up that your dad would often say to you, "Turn that light off <laughs> when you're in the car." Um, yep. You know the interior light of yeah, a car yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So it's driving with the interior light on is illegal. That's mm-hmm. the myth. Um, total hokum. Yeah, I think Nick told us that. He did, yeah, yeah he did. Um, I know there's dads up and down the nation yeah. are going to be hopping up and down about this, but it, it's only an issue, apparently, if it is causing a distraction to you, right. like anything else that would cause a distraction to you um, yeah. that the police could pull you I, up I, on. But no, having the interior light on, not that you'd want it on all no, the time. I mean, if, but, you were in a, if you were in a dark section, a rural motorway, and the interior light was on, you probably would struggle to see out through the windscreen, you would think. Yeah, that, which uh, would culminate in, in the sort of distraction yeah. that I'm talking about. So I, I kind of see where that, but it's not about the light itself. It's about the visibility and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's 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 not illegal. Yeah. So that that was just a nice little short one I put in uh-huh. there. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So um, back to roads, and this is one we used to cover on the the website. It's the missing loop. 
on the uh, old M8 Renfrew Bypass Terminus uh-huh. up at Bishopton. Yes. So as we know, the M8 Renfrew, Renfrew Bypass opened in 1968. It didn't go all the way to the Erskine Bridge. It yeah. stopped at the A8 yeah. Greenock Road. And um, there, there was a loop that went round there. Mm-hmm. Presumably it looked like a T-junction on a lot of maps, but there was actually a loop. Now, we have no photos of this. No. It isn't even mentioned in the booklets. No. But it has appeared on some maps, and some people have said to us, yes, there was definitely a loop there. That's mm-hmm. how you, that's yeah. you went there. But it only existed, the loop, for um, a number of years until the Erskine Bridge so was opened. from 1968... To 1970. So I saw it. So the Renfrew Bypass opened in March 1968, mm-hmm. and the extension Bishopton One, which also the South was, was 70 December 70. So the, apparently the loop temporary. closed. Yeah. Um. And and the other slip roads closing that junction for for many years until it reopened again in 2019. Yeah. Well, if you remember, the junction remained open until the completion of Bishopton Bypass Stage 2 in 1975. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So it was it was 1975 and they yeah. eventually got rid of it because then West Ferry was seen, that was as, seen as the... Which, from a Bishopton point of view, you can see why there was some frustration there because that's a long way for a shortcut, Yeah, you know, to get into the, the so village. So the, yeah. the myth of the loop was always... It was made worse by the fact there was never any evidence of it on the ground. Now, where we've seen roads stubbed up or removed, there's often, oh, there's no trees there. Or you can see, like, some old curbs or something. Or even in the other side of the very same junction, they left the tarmac there because the farmer used it as an access road. The loop was gone. I have, I mean, I I was certainly not driving or in the area around the time that that would have been. I wasn't even born, you know. So... Um, I've never seen any evidence of the loop. We've never seen any pictures of it. No. But people say the loop was there yeah. and maps have shown the, it to be there. The thing that's so frustrating about it is if we were to get you know, some progress photographs for the construction of the Renfrew Bypass, that would show how it ended before the overbridge went in. And if we could then get the contract photos for Bishopton 1... You would see uh, we that would then see it in there, but those very much have us so far. Yes, very much mm. in the same way that we've looked at a lot of photos lately for the M9 and yeah. started to see old terminuses, yeah. Yeah. Um, because that gets any enthusiast in these things yeah. really going. Um, if only there was a, an archive of Crouch and Hulk material that we could go through. Oh, and well, watch this space. Watch this yeah. space, indeed. <laughs> so, no, yeah. that was a good one. So, um, not a Scottish one, but have you heard about the M6 Tull? This is the M6 toll is the UK autobahn myth. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that says. No. Okay. No. All right. Okay. So not a Scottish one, but plenty of people up here do mention it because, of course, we travel all around we, the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, do the M6 toll having no enforceable speed limit? Okay. So the M6 toll yeah. is um, a road that was, I believe it was opened around about very early 2000s. 2005, was 2000, it? Yeah, 2000, maybe a little bit earlier, but it was opened up around about that time to bypass Birmingham. Yeah. And um, what what people say is because it, it's a toll road and private road, it, you, they can't enforce the, the speed limit. That's rubbish. Just categorically untrue and a terrible factoid. I'd say it kind of go around spreading around. It has a maximum speed limit of 70 miles an hour, yeah. uh, which reduces near the toll plazas and is covered by legislation to enforce its limit, like any other motorway. Because people think it's like a turnpike road and it's run by some but private Midlands expressway. It, and, it, was, it was procured yeah. in exactly the same way any yeah. highway or yeah. road in this country has been built since the war, and it's just simply operated by a private company. Yeah. And who take tolls for it? Oh, mm. my God. Oh. I know, I know. Yeah, these annoy me. 
they, they, they are annoying because it's bad advice. You know, somebody can think, oh, I'm going to get caught here. And then yeah. next thing next thing they do. Now, I think it's the fact that the police, people seem to claim that they never see police on it. And the, the, the thing is, my observations of using this is that certainly I've never seen police on the M6 toll, mm. but I do see them on the M42, which uh, is where you get dumped yeah. when you come off it. And I, I think because the M6 toll is very quiet. I suspect the police resources are probably better spent on the Midland Links and the M42 and because of, of where, where things are. Yeah. So people get this thing as, oh, I never see cops on it. Yeah. You know, so it must they must never bother with it. Yeah. Um, but no, um, actually one driver was caught doing, well, I think it was about 147 on it or something so uh, people have been have been absolutely done. no excuse for anyone driving on a road at that speed it's it's outrageous but yeah. anyway again he could have if only he listened to this podcast yeah if only. you know he would have he would have saved himself a lot of bother you know yeah yeah so that's just it but that's it um it's not a scottish one so i'm not gonna focus on it too much so um can i throw one in yes i know i know what you're gonna say but you have one go for it i need to put this one in because it drives me crazy because we've um, mentioned it very recently. Yeah, uh, and, and it needs to be said again that this persistent view that Townhead, mm-hmm. Cowcaddens and Anderston were cleared solely for the construction of the M8 motorway drives me wild. Mm-hmm. No. In 1955, Glasgow Corporation designated 29 comprehensive development areas across the city. Yeah. It was determined at that time that all property within the boundary of those areas would be cleared mm-hmm. and they would be completely rebuilt with new facilities the ring road design that came along in 1961 six years later was specifically told to make sure the road fitted within the cdas where possible yeah. Townhead, anderson cowcadence kenning park all of these things uh, th- to think that people imagine that hundreds of acres mm-hmm. of land in anderson was cleared and Townhead was cleared for a for a thirty meter wide motorway. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's just beyond all comprehension. Mm-hmm. No, the decision to clear these areas was made first, and then is the it, motorway designed to fit within. Because the myth is obviously they cleared all these areas just for the just road. for the road. But, yeah. And then, I mean, I suppose in 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 the the myth spreader's head is oh they cleared all these things they put the motorway through and yeah. then they were left with all this empty space so they thought let's go put up all these uh, yes if it was all this just this accidental thing that happened at the end oh there's space let's put the no, hotel it, in there it, no it absolutely wasn't yeah. it was all it was all part of those first no and, and it is a myth i think it does qualify yeah um as as one of these these things that people go on and say but to be a devil's advocate here these people don't know that no, well, hopefully they're listening and they do. No, they do. This is the thing. This is, they see M8. No, M8 is referred to Could, today. Nobody says, oh, I'm going to the Cowcans Comprehensive Redevelopment no. Area today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, these. this is jargon that was used at the we, time. We could maybe get you some know? of those screaming hags from Dumfries to come up and educate them. <laughs> Give All them right. a wee fright. <laughs> okay. Um, so that, that, that is just... That, that, that is going to stick with us. The best words ever uttered in any of our podcasts... Screaming hags. Screaming hags. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, a, a menagerie of, of whatever it was, uh, was just terrific. Thank you, John. You have helped us reach a new level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I told you this would be fun. I told you it would be fun. So, um, speaking of fun, uh, Duncan has got in touch. And Duncan, Not our Duncan. Our Duncan. But he doesn't Duncan, qualify for questions or well, anything anymore. Well, no, but he... he um, uh, he is fun. So he has turned around and, and, and said, well, you're doing the myths one. Uh-huh. Make sure you mention the M90 myth. 
in here. Now, you, I don't think you know this one, right, so okay. we'll see how you react here to this. Go. <laughs> so Duncan's got a good uh, Duncan McKnight's got a good myth for us, and this is the M90 Kinross and Milnathorpe bypass, yeah. which opened in December 1971. So we're, right. we're M90. Now. Okay. So um, it was constructed in unreinforced concrete. Right. Okay. Supposedly to allow the motorway to be used as an emergency runway if the Cold War ever heated up. Because you know where RAF Lucas is around there? So if RAF Lucas was destroyed for some reason, yeah. they would use... They would use. Now, uh, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Because this, this, this is something that comes up across the UK, right? right. About motorways and roads and dual carriageway and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's rubbish. It's utter rubbish, right? The, the street furniture alone that we use on our motorways and, and, and dual carriageways would never mm-hmm. allow for planes to land on it. Now, 1971, that was complete, right? Mm-hmm. So that means, that tells me that by that stage, we were putting barrier at either the sides or in the middle of our motorways, right? Hopefully. We would yeah. have had large signs, potentially up to eight metres tall with big concrete or big steel posts. Mm-hmm. So any big planes with wing spans, you know, beyond, what, 10, 15 metres, we're never going to be able to land. It is simply rubbish. Mm-hmm. And most of that motorway, I believe, is in cutting rather than on embankment it is yeah and it's it's bendy uh yeah. in many sections as well yeah. and very very good i and mean the m90 it, is one of the this the steepest gradients of yeah. a uh, mainland motorway right now you would know. you be able to get some small fighter jets or whatever landing on there possibly some of it doesn't but, even have a shoulder what, what's the be- <laughs> what would be the benefit of the cold war i mean really it's like if lucas was destroyed if, if we were at the stage where Lucas is destroyed, right, mm-hmm. what would be the need to land planes in a random part of rural Perthshire or Kinrosha? Mm. I just don't see. What, there are other air bases. Um, mm. You know, so for, from a military strategy point of view, I think a, a motorway, uh, just pretend, pretend to, uh, that, that if this was to happen, yeah. um, a certain contingency plan being paced to go, go out, cut all the signs down, remove lighting columns, take the barrier away. <laughs> The nature of cold, the nature of the Cold War, yep. right, was that things would escalate probably very quickly, and mm-hmm. that you would have very little warning. This is not conventional warfare where mm-hmm. things will rage for weeks and weeks before you yep. reach a flashpoint, right? The whole point of, the, of, of mutually assured destruction is mm-hmm. somebody would launch an attack and somebody would launch one back, and within half an hour, nuclear weapons would be detonating all across the world, yep. right? You wouldn't have somebody. Oh, let's get those signs removed on the M99. Yeah. Now, you know as well as me, even in the regional council days, it would have taken days to organise something like that. It was yeah. just, it's just so... And no such contingencies no. Uh, I've ever come across no. working at Trump Road is, oh, here's some some emergency dossier here yeah. and we need to open this in case we get nuked yeah. and we need to suddenly yeah. shut the M8 yeah. and uh, do this. Absolutely No, uh, No, that's not... Look, yeah. You can We're, never be completely sure on this, right? And there's nothing to say that there wasn't some bunker or something in that part of the world that people didn't know about. And well, there Scotland's secret bunker. Yeah, which was a bit further away, right? right? But I imagine that most people being brought into that would have been brought by probably helicopters and things like that and dumped mm. or flown into lookers or whatever. But these people would have already been in position before the bombs went off. Mm. I don't see why, as part of recovery or whatever, you know, if, the, if your airfields are destroyed, the motorways are... They're not sufficiently near things for them to be. No, certainly not the M ninety. Yeah. Right. I. I. I no. It's rubbish. It's crap. No. Um. It's. <laughs> it's. Uh, the thing is with it is it's cool that Duncan submitted this because it's it's got a rise out of you, which is what I intended. And, and manholes <coughs> and things like that. You know as well as me that you know the strength of manhole covers air, mm-hmm. runways and airfields. Mm-hmm. Have a different specification for the strength of these covers of and things. Of course they do. Yeah. Motorways don't have that. 
Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. But um, there's there's nothing to back up that and, it was. And, it's just a rumour. And can we just um, clarify again? Yeah. This comes from one of these opening booklets or papers for that section M90 where the, the, the concrete carriageway is described as being unreinforced. That's not true. And a couple of people with knowledge of that road had come in at various points and said, look... Oh, it, I was just quoting. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. Yeah. It is reinforced, mm-hmm. right? It, but this unreinforced word is used in one paper and it just confuses matters. Of course it's reinforced yeah. in some way. It's not just mass concrete pulled into the ground. Because there's a difference between continuously reinforced yeah. and these, these sections yes. that they put in. And uh, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, I think so. maybe discontinuous concrete slabs or something like that. But yep. Yeah. Sorry, just to put we'll that one get, in there. We'll get our concrete road expert on here for that. Yes, McKnight. So, have we got time for one more? Uh, yeah, I suppose we have. I'm still thinking about how ridiculous it would be the concept of planes landing in the... Of like Vulcan has it, bombers has it ever happened like where a civilian plane has had to land on uh, a motorway? Not in the UK, as far as I'm aware. Are and, you and sure so, of that? I, I mean, obviously, the, a British Airways plane took out a bit of the M1 at Kegworth in 1989... Mm-hmm. Uh, when it crash landed on approach to the airport there that was um, they weren't deliberately trying no, to land I don't think there's any because there's yeah a nice big long straight section of road might look good but there's just too many things poking up at the ground the SOS mm. phones signs you know as well as me one of them punctures a fuel tank and a plane coming in for an emergency landing that's not any good it's just gonna yeah, yeah. you just won't contemplate that well you'd be better off landing in the water exactly you know yeah all this stuff they might the roads of, might have the width but there's yeah. other things and you know mm. okay all right yeah bridge parapets all these sorts of things that are just in the way no okay no. Rubbish. so <laughs> right one more it's been debunked <laughs> there you go Stuart said it so this one it's not a myth oh because it's actually a thing well, should it, it has some mythical podcast? thing but no it's odd that's why i'm putting it in right but it's a section of the a719 known as the electric bray Oh, down in Ayrshire. Right, okay, yes. so somebody has reminded me to include this uh-huh. uh, from social media, and thank you. Um, now, this is uh, south of Dunure. Yes. Which isn't far from Ayr, is it? It's kind of... It's, what, is that about 10 miles south of Ayr? Yeah, it's like on that, that section there. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it's even got a plaque on it. Yes. So... Um, it's a gravity what, hill. It's a gravity hill. So what, what this means is, if you were to go to this section of road and your car was in neutral, okay... Even though the road is going uphill or appears to look uphill, you would freewheel uphill. Forward. Yes. Freewheel forward. Mm-hmm. Which is, you think, if you were uphill, you'd start rolling backwards. But yeah. no, it actually propels you upwards. And of course, this, this was just not understood. It thought that some yeah. kind of mythical force was taking you uphill, some kind of weird yeah. uh, electromagnetic phenomenon that we didn't understand. And thus, it was called electric bray. Yeah. Now, if you go here, uh, there's even a plaque. Yeah. And even more humorously is there's a warning sign saying electric or gravity hill ahead, yeah, yeah. slow vehicles, mm-hmm. because everybody stops and tests the to theory. Test yeah. Now, have you been on it? Yes, many times. Yeah, so have I. Yes. Okay. I was in an automatic, so it wasn't as fun. Because <laughs> it's rolling forward <laughs> yeah, anyway. I had to yeah. put the car in the neutral. Yeah. Um, and make sure, of course, you know, if you go to this, the road's absolutely clear uh, that, that you, you are doing this. But it is an optical illusion. Yeah. So the road is actually slightly going downhill. downhill. But yeah. the scenery on the either side is going uphill. uphill. So you feel as though you also are going uphill. Yes, it is yeah. purely an optical yeah. illusion. Yeah. So you're going downhill, but the scenery is going up. Yeah, and that is a is a simple explanation to 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 that. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, now 
this phenomenon, I mean, this one's called electric bray, but this phenomenon of gravity hills, there are hundreds of these across the world. Mm -hmm. There's three in England. There's one in Wales, one in Northern Ireland as well. So um, it's a cool thing to check out if you're ever down there in that that part of the world. Um, But no, it's not some paranormal force. It's an optical No, they're all in the E75. Uh, Yes, allegedly. (laughs) And the A71, as you mentioned. Um, But no, that's Electric Bray. I thought that one was was pretty good. That's an interesting one to chuck in there. It is worth a drive on if you've never done it before. Uh, I mean, once you've done it, you're like, is that it? (laughs) But like I said, do it if you're in the area. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're down at air for the day or whatever. Or you're going to Colleen Castle. Colleen Castle's only a mile or two down the road from there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yes. It's the Heads of Air Road. Heads of Air, yeah. yes. I knew it had a name. Yeah. I knew it had a, I've only been to it once. Yes. So there we go. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, I don't know how it would work in an electric car. So, well, we still have, um, because of the, the electric cars, of course, you know, I don't know if, I can't remember if you can neutral or freewheel an electric I don't car. think you can. Is that not You'll why probably, you need special recovery when you break down? Well, this is just it. You've probably got an electric brake. <laughs> this is quite ironic, called electric play. You'd probably find the battery regen would kick in as you're going down the hill. Yeah, that's a point. <laughs> is it not the case with electric cars? If they break down, they have to be physically lifted from the road because you can't roll Some them of them do. We yeah. had an incident like that where we actually had to get a high amp to take it off the road because yeah. it couldn't be towed. So, and it raises big questions for recovery of such vehicles yeah. when you have many. I can more only speak about that as a particular model of, of car. Right. Um, I don't know if that has been rectified. Maybe these cars you can put them into a recovery mode or something, Maybe. and then they can be be wheeled along. Possibly. I don't, I don't Somebody know. will get in touch and let us know, no doubt. Either that, or you have to put what we call slippy gyms underneath the wheels. Mm-hmm. Those are the little casters, and yes. you can just move the car around. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Do you have any? Any myths or, or strange things, uh, oddities or clarifications you'd like to make no, while we're on this, no, this subject? Not, not you got it all out of your system? Yep, I've got it all in my system. They do annoy me. I'm sure you picked up on that. Um, not, not the not the haunted ones, though. I mean, that's, that's just good for a laugh, except for the crackling microphone. If you've unleashed some demon on Scottish know, Roads that, Archive that, headquarters, you will be responsible for that. That was actually quite scary. Maybe getting an exorcism done. <laughs> and, and, and some, there was know, no reason for that to happen. But yes, yeah, so if I'm sitting in here typing stuff up later and I'm getting crackling going on and there's something hanging over my shoulder I'll be coming for you <laughs> but yeah no, nothing to add we okay. might revisit this in future because there's probably others from across Scotland I was going to yeah. say so if you've been listening to this and you, you, you disagree or you, you have uh, maybe some evidence about things maybe for all your ranting about runways and yeah. uh, motorways being used as runways somebody yeah. comes and goes Has, actually uh, this was considered in some room. then we can relook at that and go yeah. well actually there was some evidence that elsewhere this was in the at. world and in, in europe i think there is examples of that just none in the uk just, that and not specifically yeah. to that bit of the m90 well yeah. john it's been very interesting it um, it's been a good one and mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure people will be able and have enjoyed listening to it uh, sure and are. again no offense meant to any of our listeners in dumfries and galloway we are just pulling your legs <laughs> no, absolutely you know, we do love they you say the much. same thing about us of course they so. do um, and, and as we always say, all our episodes can be found online on Spotify, mm-hmm. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, yep. YouTube as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave us a review. We've not said that for a while. Go on, give us a five-star review because we deserve nothing less, um, <laughs> uh, you know, for keeping you entertained every be, month. Be honest in your reviews. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and we've, of course, got the social media. So don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get your daily fix of all Scottish Road Archive media-related goodness Lots of things to share lately, yes. and it's uh, it's really heating up actually from the Indeed. social media front. So hello to all our new followers. Yes, 
definitely hello to everyone uh especially if you're new to the podcast because there have been some people only recently found us yeah hello uh usual thanks to our sponsors eastford excavations and hbs scotland thank you without you we would not be here no we wouldn't so thank you and we've got lots of more interesting episodes coming up this year absolutely uh, so we've got a full plan for this year but no spoilers you nope. will hear them when you hear them indeed and don't forget our website is very much there and available to you uh, if you want more detail on the history of Scotland's roads, bridges, motorways, you'll get it on there. But in the meantime, thank you and bye for now. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.